On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Tuesday, October the 26th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and we'll have Andrew McGinnis momentarily as well. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, not with us today, but he should be back tomorrow. As we're ready to break down the Tuesday NHL card, we'll get to that in just a second. But obviously, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks just held, holding a press conference regarding the details of the investigation surrounding the uh, sexual assault uh, allegations uh, toward Bradley Aldrich that were just uh, discovered. And boy, it was an uncomfortable, unsettling. And you had this pity, at least for me, uh, Alex, I had this pit in my stomach the whole time listening to the details of it. Very, very unsavory. But the bottom line was uh, they did not move on this uh, right away after the meeting, after it was brought to and the likes of team president John McDonough, who had the final decision and the final say on whether to go forward to either report this to police or tell someone uh, in the else in the organization that was not done uh, for three weeks during the uh, Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cup playoff run. Uh, in 2010 and you know you look at some of the names of the people that were involved in the meeting not just john mcdonough but stan bowman who of course is no longer the gm uh, of the chicago blackhawks uh, search is ongoing kyle davidson the interim gm at least as of right now but stan bowman john mcdonough kevin shevel Dayoff, winnipeg jets general manager was in that meeting as well that day joel quenville of course was the head coach of the blackhawks at the time now head coach of the florida panthers and the fact that, again, McDonough ends up looking the absolute worst uh, of the bunch, and the fact that you let this guy, Aldrich, basically still be with the team for those three weeks where nothing was said, nothing was reported, and there he is traveling with the team. There he is allowed to celebrate the Stanley Cup championship with the team in front of the, the supposed alleged victim. I mean, it's just absolutely hideous. It, it makes your skin crawl. It's all of those things, and a uh, very, very unfortunate day. But I will give the Blackhawks one bit of kudos, and that's Danny Wirtz's words, his tone, his tenor uh, during that press conference was that, hey, and look, Danny Wirtz was not with the Blackhawks in 2010, and he ended up coming across, in my opinion, Alex, with the right tone, saying this is unacceptable, we got to be better, we will be better, can't allow this to happen, we can't value on-ice performance more than people's well-being, their health, all of that stuff. Uh, and uh, obviously safety, uh, all of that. He came across and delivered, hit the right notes with what he said during that uh, Zoom call uh, just now. So I give him credit for that. And hopefully this is a wake-up call to this entire organization to never allow this kind of thing uh, to happen again. But just to hear the details of how it went down some 11 years ago, very, very disappointing and very disheartening to say the least. Um, Alex, you're obviously a lifelong Chicago guy, a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Uh, this is not the kind of thing, an organization you've loved with all of your heart and your soul. You would never want to hear something like this going on with your team. But uh, what did you make of the press conference, the whole ordeal? And what do you think moving forward with these Blackhawks? Yeah, it, it, it's like you said, it's heartbreaking and, and, and disgusting that these things happened and occurred. And, and this cover up that was just there was it, it completely and wholly unnecessary on many levels, you know, no, nothing of this magnitude should ever be covered up. But the fact that the, the organization protected a guy who's an outsider, if you look at the, the, the history of the Hawks, obviously it's been owned by one family, the Wurtz family, since, you know, since they bought it from McLaughlin back in the thirties. And they have their, they always had, the, especially during the dollar bill days, they've always had their cadre of people that they've kept around and, and, and that were, you know, blood loyalists to the, to the organization. Even if it was someone in within that realm, 
it would have made a semblance more of sense than this complete unknown outsider who's a video coach who, you know, assaulted players. And like I said, the fact that he was still able to celebrate and be part of the, of the team in their biggest moment in history, it, it, it's despicable. Oh, it, it, that's the only, only way a word I can come up with it, to find. And then you move forward. The fact that, like you said, now, you know, Danny Wirtz, like I said, he, he did a great job. You know, like I said, it was, it was his comments today. He was, he's, you know, a younger, he's the younger son uh, of Rocky. He was no part of this whatsoever. And what people don't realize is that when Rock, Rocky took over uh, after Bill dying, they, the first move was to bring John McDonough. And John McDonough pretty much was the oversight of all of it. Rocky signed checks. So and for him saying he didn't know, that's wholly believable. And, and that Danny didn't know, like said, Danny was Danny was off to college. He had no idea. I'm sure he had none of the of, of any of the inside stuff until this the suit was filed. I do believe that. But McDonough knowing this and covering up made no sense. Uh, and like I said, we'll ha- we'll have to see what happens with the other people who were involved who have now moved on, basically being Quinville uh, and, and Shovel Dayoff because Shovel Dayoff was the assistant GM. And I just mentioned it on, on a show the other day about how um, with with Quinville, he was brought in early in that season as a scout. And then, you know, all of the year before, and then all of a sudden they made the, the move to fire Dennis Savard and bring him in as coach. So he was around for a full year in this time. So that whole group that was involved in that meeting, uh, like I said, I, I, would, I would think other action would have to be taken upon all, everyone. You know, they, they all knew and they all covered it up at some point. Uh, moving forward, hopefully, like I said, that you know the Hawks, uh, they obviously have a lot to do to try to get this, this stain off of them. Uh, and, and the fact that things on ice aren't going well now is only going to make things a whole lot worse. Uh, this is pretty much, you know, we're at the point where, where you know, the Hawks franchise has taken a step all the way back to the early 2000s. All the, the three championships and, and, and the legacies of, of, of all the great legends and players, they've pretty much been been washed out at this point. And, and and it pains me to say that, you know, because these are these are moments that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Obviously, the players and other fans and, and everybody else that's involved that that took part that that, you know, blood, sweat and tears on the ice to you know pr- make this this le- legacy happen and this dynasty. And now for it to be tarnished by something uh, of, of this magnitude, it, it's 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 awful. It's truly awful. It is. Uh, it is. And it's, uh, I know we've just, you've been reveling in so much, you know, success and, and just great moments on the ice with the Blackhawks for these last 11 years. And now to see a despicable incident ongoing that was apparently swept under the carpet, if you will, um, which that this is what this was. I don't even care that it was just three weeks. Three weeks is too long. It needed to be immediate. It needed to be instant. This had to be handled, dealt with, and reported. That was not happening. Uh, unfortunately, following that meeting that day in 2010. Uh, and that's the most disappointing and sickening part, I think, of all of this. Well, the incident itself is as well, but uh, obviously the failure to report it uh, and wait three weeks to even you know do anything was very, very uh, disappointing. And you're right about the futures of Shevel Day off in Quenville. I mean, what what does Florida does, does Florida do anything with Quenville? Does Winnipeg do anything with Shevel Day off? I mean, that's going to be the big question. Now, See, McDonough was apparently the guy that had to make the final decision, but that didn't say Bowman did it. Even though McDonough had to make the final decision after that meeting, whether to go ahead and report what was going on, Bowman was still part of that meeting and he still bit the dust and he was let go by the Blackhawks today. And you mentioned off air and it's worth pointing this out. Stan Bowman was hired as the U.S. hockey general manager for the Beijing Olympics coming up. You got to believe he ain't keeping that job. Yep. Uh, now uh, moving forward after this either. So uh, there's definitely going to be some Bowman's probably done in hockey. We said that I can't see him doing anything again involving uh, an NHL uh, managerial, any organizational position in the NHL. And now you have to question what's going to happen with Joel Quenville and Kevin Shovel Dayoff in particular, two prominent guys that have head coach and GM roles in the NHL currently respectively. So what happens to them? Uh, moving forward now becomes another question. Uh, we got Andrew McGinnis with us uh, as well. Uh, Alex, great insight. Of course, Alex, a Blackhawks fan, so he's been uh, definitely staying uh, right uh, ears and eyes to the ground, if you will, on this whole uh, situation. And Andrew, it's just uh, it's just disappointing and uh, upsetting that we have to deal with something like this in the National Hockey League. 
Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And, uh, you know, the thing is guys, I don't want to speak too much on the topic just because I don't feel, um, informed enough on it. I don't feel like I know enough about it. I've, you know, followed along a little bit and I, I watched the, 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 uh, briefing and stuff like that, but I just don't want to speak on something I'm not too familiar with. But one thing I will say is that what you just said there, Ian, about some other people that might get affected by it. You know, we saw Bowman retired, uh, or not retired, I guess, resigned. Um, but, the other guys that were kind of linked to all of this, it, I'm very curious to see what kind of the secondary people, what happens with them, the people that are now not a part of the Blackhawks organization. But sometimes when things happen, it affects you in life, you know, not just in that job, but elsewhere. Um, so I'm super, you know, concerned, not concerned, but um, curious to see what happens as far as that stuff goes. But uh, it's, it's horrible. Um, stuff getting covered up is awful. I don't care if it's for one hour or for three weeks or three months. Um, you just don't do that stuff. It, it's, it's sickening. And, uh, you know, it, it's the kind of thing, guys, where I want to feel more informed on it and learn more about it. But it also kind of it, it, it breaks your heart and then you just don't want to hear stuff like this happen because it's just it's just horrible. If it was and Alex, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was Paul Vincent who was the guy that was trying to get them to do something and step right. on this and get something yeah. going on this and tell report this to make mention this to Chicago police. Mention it, yeah. And, and apparently that uh, at that meeting it fell on deaf ears, or at least for three weeks it did. Right, yeah. Paul Vincent, who was the uh, who was the skills coach at the time, uh, he was the one who was who who was informed by John Doe. Uh, and you know, he reported it to, you know, his higher ups. He did, he did his job in that and saying that this needs to be reported to the police. And so, you know, now, like I said, moving forward, obviously, cause there's a lawsuit, but, uh, I don't know, there could be criminal charges pending at some point, uh, because they, you know, basically withheld, you know, information of a, of a potential investigation of a crime. So there's a lot, this, this, this isn't over exactly. This is the beginning of, uh, the first domino to fall. There's more to follow for sure. But uh, like I said, it just, this is just, you know, there's no place for this in, in any form of business, especially hockey. And uh, it, it, like I said, it's just it's just a, a hard thing to deal with and a hard thing to see. But uh, I, the Hawks, are at least in fact, the fact that they didn't even put the, the, the presser, it wasn't going to be televised. For those of you who, who did see it, the link popped up and it was only available in Canada for the first five minutes. And then they broke down the barrier and it was available worldwide. Uh, moving forward, because they go, they were going to release a public statement, a full public statement, and the full report investigation will be available online later through the public, through Blackhawks.com, and everything uh, moving forward to be available to media. And I don't know if there will be another press conference to detail that for the public and for the for the news media. Uh, but the fact that they weren't even going to kind of have this already kind of broadcast because it. It's it's obviously it's bad light for the organization, but at the same time, it's the organization finally owning up to it. And and the group they brought in to do the investigation said that you know they didn't interfere with anything; they were fully cooperative. Uh, those are things you wanted to hear because everybody kind of worried with the history of the Hawks of you know what things were they still going to try to cover up even in, in this investigation. So I'm grateful that they didn't do that. They let you know uh, the proper people do their jobs. Exactly, they didn't interfere with it. They let it unfold. Uh, and they did they let, you know, and, and they basically brought to light any and all findings uh, in that investigation as well. So, again, I think the Blackhawks went a long way to rehabilitate their image. But at the same time, it's going to be tough to totally eradicate and extricate the uh, what happened 11 years ago from people's memory, which is just a horrifying incident uh, all around. Um, all right. We'll turn the page now back to what we're usually here for daily. It's for NHL from a betting perspective. Uh, and we will turn our uh, attention toward that. Now we've got seven games on tap tonight in the NHL. We'll start with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Pittsburgh Penguins. We've got Tampa Bay uh, minus 130 uh, road favorites, uh, five and a half being the total in this one. Obviously, we saw what happened with Tampa last. Actually, you know what? They had the edge in territorial play. Uh, old man Winter, uh, a.k.a. Craig Anderson, had another pretty good game in net for the uh, Buffalo Sabres last night, Tampa Bay. They actually had a bunch of wide open nets and they just the, the, the puck was just not going in for them. There was a couple wide open nets and wide with the shot. I mean, it was just one of those nights for Tampa. The chances were there. This couldn't find a way to put one in the net. And Buffalo, it seemed like everything they shot toward Brian Elliott and the lightning net went in. Uh, and then it ended up being a 5-1 Buffalo win. Keep this in mind for totals betting moving forward and for live betting in the third period. Because I, I jumped in on this last night and it worked out and 
We saw it in the first game of the season for Tampa Bay against Pittsburgh. When John Cooper's down two or three goals in the third period, he's still pu pulling his goalie, and he's pulling his goalie with five, six minutes to go. So you'd better believe that from a live totals perspective in the third period, when Tampa Bay is trailing in a game, it's worth your while, in my opinion, to hop onto a live over because he is not going to just uh, let the game dwindle and go away without a fight. We're seeing John Cooper now. This is multiple times this year. Two goals down with five minutes to go and three goals down. Like They actually scored to make it 4-1, and he pulled the goalie again, John Cooper, uh, last night. So uh, keep that in mind moving forward. Uh, three goals down, it, even if they get one in the empty net, the opposing team, he's still pulling the goalie. So that's something to keep in mind. File it away for future reference terms of totals betting in the third period involving Tampa Bay, particularly when they're trailing. We'll see how they bounce back tonight. Pittsburgh has found a way, just incredible coaching by Mike Sullivan. I mean, you do have to give him credit. I mean, this Penguins team just keeps on battling. There's no Crosby. There's no Malkin. There's no Russ. There's no Carter. There's no Latang. There's no excuses either. Uh, all they do is they keep uh, playing uh, pretty well, this uh, Pittsburgh team, finding a way, good team defense. Tristan Jari's playing good. You know, I had my issues with the way he played in that Islander series last year, but it's been a solid start to the year for him. No complaints. You know, this team to be 3 0 1 and 1 with all that they've been without. Uh, that is definitely a testament to how this team is dug in. You know, you got the Drew O'Connors of the world and Brock McGinn and Danton Heinen, Bluger, and uh, you got Evan Rodriguez for crying out loud, your number one center. And here they are still winning hockey games. So it's been very impressive from the Penguins here. This feels like a Tampa spot because they got pretty much handled by Pittsburgh, you know, in the season opener against, uh, the, against the Penguins. Remember, the Lightning were flat. They just had a terrible game after raising the banner uh, and getting the uh, Stanley Cup ceremony that night. So you'd, you'd like to think Tampa Bay wants to atone for that and play better, but I just I just, just don't see enough consistency for 60 minutes from the Lightning to want to back them here laying a price on the road. So for me, it's just a lean to Tampa. It's not a game that I'm going to be involved in from a betting perspective. Uh, Alex, uh, we'll start with you here. What do you think with the Lightning uh, and the uh, Penguins. Uh, I think Alex is away. Well, oh, up there he is. So sorry, yeah, just getting back. I was just reading some more stuff that was coming through my phone. But uh, as far as this game goes, I was really hoping that Tampa Bay would kind of bounce back in this spot between you know how things started with them opening night in this matchup compared to now. But things have really just been struggling. You know, we talk about you know the fatigue factor and the the back to back cup hangover that they're dealing with right now. Uh, and, and you make a good point about, you know, with, uh, you know, Cooper, you know, pulling the goalie early, doing the kind of old Patrick Law move, you know, down a couple of goals with five minutes left. He has no hesitation to pull his goalie even down three goals. Uh, so that's definitely something to look for with, like I said, live totals, live betting and, and full game overs. That's the way I would lean here, especially now we're seeing uh, we see the five and a half. And then they were bouncing back. Actually, it's open at six and a half, and then at five and a half. And then I saw some sixes for a while. But now we're seeing five and a half even. So I would take the over. Uh, I don't want to touch the side here. Like I said, I would think that Tampa Bay would want to come out uh, guns blazing on the second night of a back-to-back -back and, and against a team that already blew them out. Uh, but Pittsburgh, like I said, they found ways to get the job done without their key stars. Uh, like I said, kudos to, to Sullivan for, for getting his troops uh, motivated enough to, to you know move along without those pieces. So it should be a, a back-and-forth battle, but I like the over here. And obviously it hasn't been confirmed, but you expect Vasilevsky tonight after they gave him the night off. They played Elliott last night, so you should see Vasilevsky tonight for the Lightning. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts here, Lightning and Penguins. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it sets up a pretty good spot for for them. Uh, we mentioned yesterday they've had some really tough competition, right? And, I mean, you look at kind of bet on spots, and you would have thought yesterday was a great one for them. I ended up with the Sunshine State Parlay, uh, and as you know how that went. I mean, one team got it done, one team didn't. Uh, but that was only a very small play for me. A uh, little bit better of a, of a higher rated play for me today on Tampa. And a lot of it comes from just a value standpoint. You know, you see it in football. You see it in NBA. Uh, when teams go on the road, Ian, and they've been playing a lot of, uh, you know, tough competition, you get, you know, better point spreads. And that's kind of what we're getting here. I think we're getting great odds. Well, let's put it like this. If we're in the NBA right now and talking about basketball, Pittsburgh's missing their starting five. You know, they're missing their, their starting lineup pretty much, you know. And so if I'm Sidney Crosby, I'm thinking how excited I am to see what that Pittsburgh Penguins team did against Toronto when they were missing pretty much, their, you know, a lot of their better players. Um, but here's the thing. A lot of times that happens when the, the right after, that first game after. You know, you see it happen in football. 
a quarterback goes out, team rallies behind the backup quarterback, they get it done, they win the game. Um, and, and I think that uh, that's kind of what happened with Pittsburgh against Toronto. Um, but that game against Buffalo for Tampa, I think it was one of those ones where they played really tough competition and they thought it was going to be just a cakewalk game against Buffalo. And they kind of obviously um, got outworked. And Buffalo clearly is still, you know, making some noise, at least a little bit. And we can't forget either. Um, this is a team notorious, notorious for bouncing back off, off first of all, games where they, where they get blown out in Tampa and games where they don't score that many goals. And, and I've mentioned to you before, Ian, that I don't like making bets and using trends, um, you know, from before you and I were born because it doesn't make any sense. But in this instance here, this is a large one here. Lightning 67 and 19, their last 86 after scoring two goals or less in their previous game. 67 and 19. And they're also 40 and 13, their last 53 uh, games following a loss of three or more. Those are straight from the covers uh, matchup page there. Love checking it out there. They give you some good trends and you just can't argue it. And, and you know, it wasn't really, I wouldn't really even blame the goaltending yesterday for the Lightning. They got it worked. So Vasilevsky will be up, up to the task tonight. And I think it's a really good price. I mean, can we even explain this price, Ian? Like, I don't understand. You know, why are, I mean, is, is it just because Tampa Bay has been playing? Tampa like, Bay's back, been back in game? a malaise. Pittsburgh's been winning. That's the price. That's I, why I know, but in hockey, they usually don't adjust like that. The bookmakers yep. don't usually adjust to like like that. I don't know. I think it's kind of peculiar. And I think they see the injuries too. And right away, like people, even the odds makers out there that uh, don't really know much about hockey, they mm. see the name Sidney Crosby out They're They're going to recognize that and say, hey, you know what? We got to make a little adjustment here. They see an Evgeny Malkin out. We're going to make an adjustment here. Uh, and then That's you what I'm saying though. Why is it so cheap for Tampa? Yeah. I think, it, I think it's cheap, don't you? Or you just think because Pittsburgh's playing well that they deserve this price. Either they do, they do because I think their play their team game is very good. That's why I'm staying off Tampa, and I I just don't see enough of this. You know this this hard effort. This I I find when things go wrong for Tampa, like I didn't see much push much much pushback from them last mm-hmm. night when they fell behind against Buffalo. That was disconcerting. That's a obviously a, a Buffalo team that you know they've played actually pretty hard this year, which is why they've gotten their wins. And we have seen and we didn't see really Tampa once that thing got to three one. You know, in the third period, that was about it. You know, and that's the problem right now. And when you go through these kind of, you know, back-to-back Stanley Cup runs like Tampa Bay has, these early season October games, I don't think you're just seeing enough want to yeah. right now to the Lightning. So I got to see point some point there from Earl, too, in the, in, the, in the chat. Tampa Bay is going to miss Cooch more this season yes. after losing. Yeah, they There's lose no Barkley, Goudreau, Blake Coleman, yeah. Yanni Gord line anymore. They're all yeah. gone. It's a good Goudreau's point with the Rangers Gord's in Seattle Coleman's in Calgary, you know, and that line was significant for them. Anytime they had a night where Stamkos's line didn't produce Palat didn't produce Kucherov didn't produce Johnson didn't produce any of these guys. Johnson's gone too. He's now in Chicago. You know, any time those guys did not get the job done offensively or had a tough night or got shut down by the opposing team. Guess who stepped up and filled the void third line. Especially in the playoffs, and you don't have that anymore. But Ian, I got Tampa Bay at minus one twenty-five against Pittsburgh without all of their best players. Yeah, that's just pretty much like I, I know. I current form is a thing. Look at last night. I mean, we, we saw it countless times. Current form has been a thing. You and I have discussed with the eye test, but I, I'm not betting this game if it's Tampa minus one fifty. But with the long-term bounce-back stats that Tampa has, I just even though Pittsburgh has been tough to play against. And I heard Jason Spezza and even Matthews after that game against the Leafs saying, yeah, you know, they're a tough team to play against. They, you know, make the uh, ice very small. And I like those kind of quotes in where the players talk about the opposition. I don't even like the quotes where teams talk, players talk about their own teams. It's always a lot of crap, but when they talk about the other team, they're usually pretty honest. And, and I get it. The Pittsburgh Penguins are tough to play against, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to piss off Tampa team. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to piss off Tampa. Yeah, they should be. Uh, and, and, and really, to be honest with you, they're healthier than uh, even without Kucherov, they're healthier than Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh still at some point, you'd think there's a game where I'm missing all these key players. Some of their, you know, these arguably four or five of their best players is going to eventually, uh, they're going to experience being without these guys. Uh, and what it's like and struggle without them, but hasn't happened yet. We'll see if it happens tonight. Uh, we move on to Calgary, New Jersey. We've got New Jersey minus 115 home favorites, six the total in this game. 
Uh, the Calgary Flames, uh, the, the strong road trip for them uh, continues. It's been a good one, and now they've improved to 3-1-1 uh, one one, uh, on the campaign. A very good 5-1 win against the Rangers last night, their third win in a row, beating Washington and Detroit. Uh, so 3-0 on this road trip so far. Can they make it four in a row now? They're on the second night of back-to-back games. Uh, they've certainly dominated Jersey six straight. You know, it's... um. It's difficult to, I certainly won't be taking New Jersey here. It's a question of, do I want to back Calgary? Uh, I'm not sure it is back-to-back on the road. And we talked about New Jersey. They did beat Buffalo 2-1 to Saturday night, but uh, obviously still playing without uh, two good forwards. Miles Wood's a good forward. He's out uh, indefinitely. And, of course, Jack Hughes got injured early in the season with that dislocated left shoulder, and he's going to be out uh, for a bit of time moving forward as well. Uh, So you get concerned a little bit about that. You look at the teams, though, in terms of uh, uh, goals for percentage, there's a big gap. New Jersey uh, certainly been better uh, in that regard. And uh, definitely if you look at the way these two teams have gone, you know, there's definitely been uh, opportunities for this uh, New Jersey team to uh, uh, find the back of the net, but they have not been able to do that. They're, you know, they're generating chances at a pretty good clip, but you know, without Jack Hughes, we've kind of seen the offense kind of level off a bit, which is not totally unexpected. They've scored just three goals in their last two games, the loss to Washington and the the uh, overtime win uh, against Buffalo on Saturday. So we'll see how this one goes here, but Calgary continues to roll along here uh, on this road trip tonight. Uh, for me, it's uh, not a game overly that I have a strong opinion on. This card overall to me was very, very tricky not one that uh, I've got a ton of strong opinions on top to bottom. You know, at five and a half, I might look at an over here on a back-to-back situation, but uh, it's moved up to six. I would prefer the total uh, at uh, five and a half here, but would lean over still regardless. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Calgary, New Jersey. Yeah, I would lean over too. This is one of those spots where you want to probably wait and get a better uh, price in game, uh, honestly. And, you know, Calgary, like I said, we know they, they played – uh, well, so far, but you know, this is one of those battles. These two teams kind of mirror each other as far as the styles they want to play, and especially New Jersey. Now they're still shuffling lines around, uh, trying to figure out things in the absence of Jack Hughes with that shoulder injury. This kind of seems like, yeah, like if, if uh, six or six and a half would be a bit steep where that you know things could clamp down later. So, waiting in game, you might be able to catch a four and a half even. Uh, and, and feel more comfortable with that. You get a three-two final, and then that way you still cashing over. Don't have to worry about uh, you know anything later on if there's no empty net goals or if this game goes to overtime. But uh, this is one I'm going to stay away from from a side perspective. Still want to kind of feel out Calgary a bit more. And like I said, New Jersey, a team I'm not really trying to back without Hughes. Yeah, and a good point from uh, our friend in the chat, Earl Sports Bet, saying team so far this season again. It's a, only the first month. It's a small sample size, but it's something worth uh, mentioning that the teams on the second night of back-to-back games are just seven and sixteen uh, this season. So obviously Calgary falls into that uh, falls into that angle tonight. Second of back-to-back games, but they're playing really well. And to be honest with you, I'm worried a bit about New Jersey. There's two games now with uh, out Jack Hughes. They haven't looked great, so I, I don't want to step in front of Calgary. I'm not saying this is the night you want to back them either, but. Uh, I've seen enough out of Calgary playing well, even on the back-to-back, kind of reluctant to go against them at the moment. Andrew, uh, what are your thoughts here? Calgary, New Jersey. Yeah, I'll keep it short. I like the under. I locked in under six in this game. Uh, Vladar is in nets. I had his name pronounced earlier today, but I'm a stickler on that. Vladar, uh, young goaltender, but he's played well. Uh, he's made some great saves. Obviously, uh, now member of Calgary. And I think he wants to prove himself. You know, I think he'll come out there and the team will rally around him play well defensively. And it's kind of funny, Ian, because a lot of the times, you know, we all like to look towards maybe overs, um, you know, on a back-to-back or or late in a road trip and stuff like that. But in this situation, I think the Calgary, they, they've had a lot of success. And that game against New York was just, to me, a really bad spot for New York. Really bad spot for New York. First game home after a road trip. Um, and now looking at New Jersey, they're, they're a team, especially like Alex said, it's crazy to think, but just without one player, how much of a difference it makes. I actually like their defensive core. They get the puck out of their own end pretty good, and uh, they, they they protect their goaltender. And that's kind of my, my read here is I think this should be a five and a half. I'm on the under six, and I, I think Calgary, you know, under the Daryl Sutter uh, mindset, wants to play, at, you know, along the boards and boring style of hockey. So we'll see. I mean, I still think that this is a team that's heavily relied on their top top five, top four, top five, and uh, 
if those guys aren't scoring, they're not going to get on the board. So I, I see this being maybe a two-one, three-two style of hockey. All right, next up, we've got Vegas and Colorado. This is your ESPN game tonight with Sean McDonough and Brian Boucher calling it uh, nationwide. We've got uh, Colorado minus 180, uh, home favorites, total of six here uh, in this game. Uh, Colorado uh, uh, getting the uh, victory uh, against uh, Tampa Bay uh, in their last game, 4-3, snapping a three-game losing streak. Of course, it's been a rough start to the year. Uh, Prior to that, their only win was against the winless Chicago Blackhawks, and they had lost three in a row after that. Uh, against St. Louis, Washington, and Florida. You know, Nathan McKinnon only came back in the uh, Washington game. Uh, they got Landeskog back as well. He missed a game or two. Uh, and then against uh, Tampa Bay, uh, they finally got their uh, back in the win column, a 4-3 win. Uh, and now they return home following that uh, road trip, which lasted. It only lasted, though, three games. It wasn't a long road trip. It's early in the season. So I know this is the first home game off a road trip spot. Usually that's always something you don't want to uh, bet on. It's not always a bet on spot, but I don't know. To me, I've been fading Vegas left and right. It's been working out. Uh, obviously, the last two games had Edmonton against them, had the Islanders uh, against them, and it's just been a struggle for them. And I don't know if they're going to get the ship turned around here. That's four losses in a row for the Golden Knights. The only win was that win against the uh, Kraken, 4-3, to three, and very fortunate to escape, in my opinion, with the win, considering I thought Seattle played a pretty solid game that night. So... It's been a grind for this Vegas team. They remain out without a bunch of key cogs, of course. Pacioretty, Stone, Martinez on the back end. Zach Whitecloud is now out on the blue line. Is a pretty solid depth defender for them. Alex Tuck hasn't played a game yet this year. Uh, Nolan Patrick, who they got from the Flyers in the offseason, is now day-to-day. I mean, this is a very, very banged-up beleaguered team. And uh, uh, Colorado playing Vegas for the first time since you know what happened last year the playoff series loss to the Golden Knights uh, in the uh, second round where the Avalanche won game one and and then Vegas kind of took over the uh, series from that point on uh, against the uh, Colorado Avalanche and ended up winning it here uh, in this game. Uh, I could only look Colorado here. Um, Now, I've been going against Vegas. Obviously, the price is a lot different here. We're not getting uh, a short favorite price. You're not getting close to even money like we have the last two games uh, against the uh, uh, to fade the Golden Knights here, but I would lean here to Colorado in regulation. Just keep it simple. Uh, I think Vegas is just up against it right now. And unlike Pittsburgh, maybe this is a little bit of a slight on Pete DeBoer, you know, me saying this. Unlike Pittsburgh, who has found ways to win, found ways to see other guys step up, both up front and on the blue line, and help them win games without these key players. We haven't seen that from Vegas. Where the hell is Marcia so and Smith? And, you know, where are these guys that are supposed to be really picking up the slack with no patch already in stone? We're not seeing it. Forget it with the third and fourth line. I don't expect to see any offense from the third and fourth line from Vegas because they just don't have a ton of guys back there that give you a lot of offensive punch. But I at least expect Marcia so and Smith to elevate their game without patch already, without stone, without tuck. Uh, and they just haven't done that yet. So if I'm betting this one, it's abs and regulation for me. Alex, what do you think here? Vegas, Colorado. Yeah, two things I would be looking for would be the first period over, but don't lay 135. Get that adjusted in uh, in game within the first couple of minutes. But also what you could play pregame would be a goal in the next 10 minutes at yes. I'm trying to find the the odds for that right now. Uh, we've seen this cash with all, all of Vegas' games so far where they've been able to either, like I said, score early or they've allowed a goal early uh, because of how things have gone now with the, the turn of offense. Obviously, Colorado – uh, definitely going to want revenge for this spot and, and the fact that they're in better form right now. Uh, if I had to play a side, I would lean like like Ian is going with the abdomen regulation. But I like the first period over live and uh, goal to be scored the first 10 minutes. That was, those are my official plays for this one. Yeah, it's just tough. And Evgeny Dodonov, I'm not a fan of that guy's game the last couple of years. He didn't do anything with Ottawa last year. I've not it's been invisible the last few games for the Golden Knights. Uh, now they got Yanmark. They got Stevenson centering Yanmark, and Peyton Krebs is now up on your top line. I mean, it, it's rough. It's rough sledding right now with this forward group. It's patchwork to say the least for Vegas right now. Andrew, what do you think? Vegas, Colorado. Yeah, I don't have big thoughts in this game, just simply based on the Golden Knights, kind of like their little skid here. I, I kind of am disappointed in myself for missing the the train, <laughs> you know, on backing them when they had those injuries. And obviously they're still banged up. But I guess I was kind of reluctant because it was one of those things where, um, you know, I didn't want to step in front of them, but I also didn't want to jump on them. You know, it was, I was kind of reluctant. And, and clearly you see four straight losses and it, it wasn't just to, 
all, you know, incredibly crazy teams right now. New York just beat them 2 nothing. LA, you know, 6-2 for them. I have a small lean here to the under. Uh, I haven't officially played it yet, but I, I just get that feeling that Vegas knows that they aren't getting a uh, great support goal scoring wise. And eventually coaches change their tactics and their strategies and the way that they're supporting the puck. Um, and, and you just get that feeling they're going to want to make this game miserable. But something also about last year's playoff series and the history these two teams have, that does play a factor to me in my handicap. Um, but my lean here, guys, is the under. I, I would potentially make a play on Colorado, um, but I think we'll actually see a low-scoring game here. The thing is, I think that this game could kind of see some chippiness and some penalties and power plays. So I might look towards the first period under, under 1.5 first period versus the full game. That way I can get it out of the way um, out the gate. So that's kind of where I'm looking. I think this should be a slow game, but uh, I don't really have much in this game. I mean, the numbers for Vegas are ugly too. I mean, they're expected uh, goals for percentage is just 42.6. That's below average in the league. High danger chances, 442. High danger chances against 60. You know, it's just a team that they're giving up a lot and they're not getting a, a lot and not generating a lot. So it's been a kind of a struggle. They're not degenerating enough offense and uh, they're giving up more quality than they normally would when they're fully healthy. And that's the thing. People think Mark Stone, well, we're going to miss his offense. No, you're going to miss his defense too. He's one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL. There's a reason he's always in the Selkie uh, award com uh, conversation every single year. He's always one of the league leaders in terms of forwards, in terms of takeaways, you know, forcing turnovers, you know, making other players cough up the puck. They miss his play away from the puck just as much as they miss his offense. And you're seeing that right now with this uh, Golden Knights team. San Jose, Nashville. We've got Nashville minus 135 home favorites, six the total, shaded to the under. A couple five and a halfs, but mostly six here in this game. Uh, San Jose finally lost one. And I know Andrew on Sunday's show, like Boston, uh, in regulation against San Jose, uh, they got the, had to hang on at the end. That San Jose team just wouldn't go away. Uh, but Boston ended up hanging on for the victory Sunday afternoon, first loss of the season. So this is a questionable spot. I've been, I've been on the fade, uh, Nashville train. That's been, uh, uh, paying off handsomely lately, uh, doing that. But, uh, for San Jose, this is a spot where I question maybe, going to that well one more time here and backing the Sharks for a couple of reasons. They finally lost a game. Does that bubble burst a little bit? And this is also the end of this very long road trip for them. They're going home to face Montreal uh, on Thursday night after this game. So is there maybe a little lie toward getting back home to the Bay Area uh, following this game for San Jose? You worry just a little bit about that. So as much as I've been anti-Nashville, I'm certainly not interested in laying a price with this team. I'm telling you, they're not very good. Their defensive game has fallen off. They've given up, you know, a, a goals in bunches. Now they did get a win against Minnesota, five-two, and I give them credit for uh, the performance by uh, Connor Ingram uh, in net in that game for the uh, Predators. And it's a guy that's actually I didn't know this till I saw it on Twitter. It's actually been battling mental health struggles uh, in that. the past, and that I felt that that's probably was a little extra. Inse not incentive, but they really wanted to have a good game in front of him uh, against Minnesota, uh, Nashville on Sunday night, and they definitely did that. So, uh, but give them credit and uh, kudos to Connor Ingram as well, because you know to be able to come back from you know struggles met with your mental health, it's a difficult thing. Uh, we've seen it in other sports how it can affect people, and for him to come back from that, get his start in the NHL here Sunday, his first start and win and play well, tells you battling through adversity, fighting through it, and coming out the other side and being victorious. Very impressive stuff there for uh, Connor Ingram the other night. So this is a game where I, I could only look to San Jose, but there's things that keep me off the San Jose side and keep me off for the first time fading Nashville again. Because again, you're talking about a team that's been on the road a lot, maybe excited to get back home after this game. And again, there is some indicators too. If you look at advanced stats, San Jose has been outperforming their metrics so far this season and you got to believe maybe there's a correction on the way maybe that boston loss was the start of that correction alex what do you think here san jose nashville yeah this is what i'm gonna stay away from because this is the end of a road trip for san jose uh even though they played very well but like i said you know teams tend to kind of uh you know get out of their headspace a little bit and then you know kind of thinking about you know getting on the plane and getting back getting back home uh, in these kind of getaway, I guess not really getaway day, but a getaway uh, spot in the end of a, of a road trip, and especially San Jose. We've historically seen them struggle, of course, the first game back after a long road trip, but even sometimes getting caught in some of those uh, last games in, in their long you know, trek out, whether they're going out east or, or uh, along the south. So 
This is also a spot where Nashville, they are 14-1-1 the last 16 meetings against Nashville at Bridgestone Arena. This is dating back to even the playoff series they had uh, back about four or five years ago. So this has definitely been a house of horrors for the Sharks. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Nashville come out uh, and, and play well, but I'm not laying a dollar thirty. I don't even trust the team in regulation right now. Uh, they've definitely laid some eggs and said they don't have the, the offensive uh, horses. And, and if, if the Sharks do come out to play early, they might be able to put this one away and then they just kind of, you know, skate quietly for the last 30, 40 minutes. So maybe look for a live under uh, if you do see the Sharks take a lead and, and, and Nashville not have much fight in that first period. Yeah, you're right about it. I mean, it's been a tough place to win for San Jose playing in Nashville. We talk about Nashville's home ice hasn't been as strong, but San Jose's definitely had a lack of success there. Interesting totals note, by the way, seven of the last nine meetings in Nashville have gone over uh, between the Sharks and the Predators as well. Andrew, what do you think here, San Jose, Nashville? That's where I am. I'm on the over. I like this game, like the price, like the number. Uh, I I think that uh, road trips have been interesting to start the season off, and uh, we try and peg some certain spots. And, you know, I, I just, I look at this team and they, you know, they, they, Montreal, Boston, Toronto, they've definitely traveled around uh, Nashville coming into a spot um, against the Minnesota wild. And I'll tell you that much. I literally thought it was a really bad spot for Nashville. They played Winnipeg fly overnight to play Minnesota. You and I discussed it, Ian, they score three goals straight to start off that game. Talk about confidence, right? And if we want to talk about recent form and real recency bias, you know, I, I think that, first of all, the Wild are involved in track meets every game they play in, and I don't think that's going to change in the, tonight. And this San Jose Sharks team, one thing I was saying earlier today about them is that I like how they're not just a typical expected goals type of team. They score goals that people are going to say, oh, that was lucky. Oh, yeah, it was just a deflection. You know what? Sometimes it takes skill to be lucky. It takes skill to be in the right time, right place, and I don't like hearing people say, you know, ah, that wasn't really a nice goal. You know what? You know which team in the league makes really nice goals? Tampa Bay. And guess what happened to them last night? Guess what happened to the Maple Leafs that every goal they score is a tic-tac-toe goal? You know, San Jose has actually had some great goals, but also some chippy goals as well. And the Preds, they're such a hot and cold team. You want to bet on them or take overs with them when they're hot, and you want to fade the shit out of them when they're playing poorly. So uh, I'm going to hope that after they had a couple goals in that last one, they'll keep it up here and get me over five and a half. Yeah, definitely. And there are some five and a half still out there. I mean, there are a couple, so make sure you shop around. And I want to mention DraftKings, our great partners, because that's where you can find a five and a half right now uh, on this San Jose Nashville game. So uh, if you do like that over, definitely uh, uh, look toward uh, that Look toward betting it at DraftKings, basically, because uh, you can find uh, five and a half there right now with the uh, San Jose-Nashville uh, total uh, in this one. And uh, yeah, Aiden Hill got pulled, actually, in that Boston game. I'd expect, I think we're going to see him back in the net tonight. No, it's Reimer, sorry. James Reimer for uh, Reimer, San Jose, yeah. uh, for the uh, Sharks uh, in net. And uh, you'd expect Soros for uh, Nashville tonight uh, for them, although that's not confirmed on this side. By the way, Eli Tolvanen, uh, who's actually been one of their more impressive younger players the last, really, season in a bit. Uh, the way he's played for Nashville, he's questionable uh, due to injury tonight, upper body injury. So uh, may not see him tonight. He's been one of those younger Nashville players that's given you some offensive punch for this team the last season or and a bit. Uh, all right, uh, next up, Minnesota and Vancouver. We've got Minnesota minus 115 to minus 120. Uh, road favorites, five and a half being the total in this one. And for the Vancouver Canucks, they had to wait a while. And finally, here on October 26th, you know, two weeks into the season, finally, playing their home opener tonight at Rogers uh, Arena uh, in Vancouver. So uh, long overdue for the Canucks to return home. They finally will. They've been on the road for quite some time. You look at their trip, Edmonton, Philly, Detroit, Buffalo, Chicago, out west to Seattle. And and now they finally uh, return home. And we'll see if they can uh, play well here in their home opener. But difficult spot. You got Minnesota off a 5-2 loss to Nashville. Now about to a start a, a road trip for them. Uh, after this, they're going to end up going to Colorado for back-to-back games in Denver uh, against the Avalanche. Uh, so those are going to be big ones coming up for this uh, Minnesota Wild team. But before that, they'll look to bounce back from a 5-2 loss uh, to Nashville. They've gone over the total in three straight games. I think that continues here. You look at Vancouver as well. First home game off a road trip. You could see, you know, the 
basically sometimes you're stuck in mud, especially early in the game and your brain and your, and basically your reflexes with the stick, they're not functioning. They're not in sync. And when that happens, it sometimes can lead to turnovers, miscues with the puck, defensive blunders. And I think we could see something like that here tonight uh, in this game. I think, you know, uh, Vancouver's pumped up for their home opener. That's the only reason I'm staying off Minnesota because I do think it kind of favors them. It is a tricky spot for Canucks in terms of returning home off a very long road trip. From a side perspective, I could only look Minnesota, but I'm going to stay off at the minus 120 price, but I will like and we'll go ahead with the over here in this one, five and a half minus 120. Alex, what do you think? Wild Canucks. No, I'm on the wild here tonight, and I, I lean with the first period over as well because we've seen them get off to some fast starts, but I, I like the, the money line more in this spot uh, after the wild, like I said, the way that they kind of just laid an egg early in that first period against Nashville. And there's a tricky spot for them because there was a second of back-to-back games. And even though they were both were at home, but they were both five o'clock start times, which is kind of an odd start time for, for the wild. And I talk about that, how some teams, if they're not used to playing that at certain times or have these kind of weird starts, it just throws things off a little bit. And, and to do that on a back-to-back spot as well, uh, it, it clearly, you know, they, they just didn't wake up for the first 20 minutes of that game and, and then were never able to quite recover. So now hitting the road, uh, I expect them to bounce back. And, and, you know, you look at Vancouver, like I said, being on the road as long as they were, just look at how Seattle, the, their opener went. I mean, Seattle, no, no team is more jazzed up for a home opener, obviously, than Seattle. Uh, first game in franchise history at home. And then they end up losing to Vancouver in that game. So I think we'll see Vancouver probably, you know, falter a bit being the first game back after a very long road trip. Uh, so I'm looking at the cheap price here with, with Minnesota. No doubt. And nine and two to the over the last 11 in Vancouver between uh, the Wild and Canucks as well. So they've trended uh, toward higher scoring games when they've played here uh, in Van City as well. Andrew, what do you like here? Minnesota, Vancouver. Yeah, this was a situational play that stuck out to me right away. And I know we're just early in the season, but, uh, you know, this is just one of those things. This was a, a excruciating road trip here for this Vancouver team to start the year off. And it's hard for them to go back home and for us to expect a shutdown game. I think that we're going to see some, you know, bright spots of defense for them. But we also have to remember when you've got guys like Quinn Hughes on the back line there, I expect him to be someone that kind of, you know, jumps up into the rush, creates some offense. And I always say when you're a team that has, you know, blue liners that do that, it also, you know, causes odd man rushes the other way and stuff like that. And you got a pissed off wild team that I think just looked flat in their last game, very flat. But I don't think the Wild are going to be involved in that many 2-1, 3-1 games. You know, when they're when they're victorious, it's going to be because they scored four goals in a game. You know, and I think Vancouver, they will get a few. And, uh, you know, they have a good top six now. They've got, you know, Connor Garland's proved himself. Yeah, he, he's, you know, finding a way each night to make an impact. And uh, I think that they have a great uh, veteran leadership core as well as Vancouver. And they will get them fired up. But. I, you know, great point by Alex. You know, I think that uh, there's so much hype built around these home openers. But, you know, once the puck drops and one or two minutes into the game, it's just a hockey game. You know, uh, people say the fans are a huge factor. And and I get that. I mean, as a Habs fan, uh, I'm I'm pumped to see the Bell Center jam packed. But uh, I'm not going to make that a reason why I think Vancouver will just play lockdown defense by any means. So, you know, I think it's a great spot here for the Wild. And that's where I would lean. But uh, just in case Vancouver does come out and uh, have a huge home performance, I'm on the over five and a half here. All right. And a great point. I got to say real quick, a great point by Terry Edelman. I saw on Twitter um, because like you alluded to, Ian, trends point towards the over. But a good point that he made was that it's not just that this five and a half is what I got. And you can shop around and make sure you're not getting the six. This total of four the last five times has gone over if it was six and a half. So not only has it gone over the five and a half mark for the last five times, if the total was six and a half, it's gone over that number. So it makes you feel pretty good that it's not just squeaking over five and a half. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, a good point there with the uh, total like in Minnesota Vancouver uh, over five and a half year Andrew in this one and I'm going to go for the slump buster uh, I do have one prop on this game I'm going to go for Kaprizov to get off the schneid here it's been a tough start to the year for him uh, the Canucks look the Canucks were giving up a lot of quality rubber uh, to Seattle on Saturday even though they won that game uh, Demko had to face a lot of high danger chances a lot of really good scoring chances and if they give those kind of chances up here, fatigue, jet lag, first home game off a long road trip to a guy like Kirill Kaprizov, he ain't going to be leaving Vancouver with a goose egg 
next to his name in terms of goals this season, in my opinion. So uh, I'm going to pick this opponent, this spot here, to be the one for Kirill Kaprizov. And look, Dean Everson, not not getting on him, but kind of pointing out what he's got to do to get off the schneid here, saying we just need him to you know stop trying to dangle through the entire five group of players on the ice, try to simplify your game a little bit. You know, look for, you know, get in front of the net, look for loose pucks, you know, uh, shoot a little bit more, all of that kind of thing. Uh, and so when you get that kind of, it's not really a scolding by the coach, but just, hey, change some things up. You're going to be fine. We believe in you. He's plus 160 to score tonight. Uh, Kaprizov will go with that. And Connor Garland, by the way, could, could, wouldn't talk anyone out of his goal score prop either. And you can still take plus 240 with him to score a goal tonight for Vancouver. Uh, this guy has been a, a great find so far. Uh, in the offseason, the way he's played. So there's a couple, one on each side here for goal scorer props tonight. Kaprizov at plus 160 and um, Garland for Vancouver at plus 240. And there's going to be a point in the season where you're not getting that price with Kaprizov. So no. get it now. Yeah, I mean, if he's rolling and he's playing well, he's going to be up toward plus 125, plus 120, you know, to score a goal on some nights when he's really in a groove and really uh, in, on a streak, a point-scoring streak and a goal-scoring streak. You're not going to get offered plus 160 uh, on off when he gets in that kind of run, which he probably will at some point. So uh, there you go, a couple goal score props for me in this game tonight. All right, DraftKings, before we get into our next game, we'll mention DraftKings, official sports betting partner of the NFL and the NHL, they have you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team this weekend to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. And if the DraftKings isn't available in your state or you're in Canada, don't worry. They won't leave you empty-handed because everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older in a sportsbook state. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook State, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, sign up for account, and start uh, winning with DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, two games left on this Tuesday uh, NHL card. Montreal Canadiens, Seattle Kraken. Uh, we've got Seattle minus 130 home favorites, five and a half being the total here uh, in this game. Uh, the Seattle Kraken kind of snake bit right now. I mean, you look at um, how they played against Vancouver and they had the better of the play. They were in the offensive zone quite a bit, and it was just a masterpiece of a goaltending performance by Thatcher Demko. He was uh, terrific uh, in that. And uh, Seattle you know, had a bunch of chances, couldn't capitalize. And look, they had a one nothing and a 2-1 to one lead in the third period of that game. And Vancouver roars back, a couple of defensive breakdowns. And to be honest with you, more than anything, weak goaltending from Philip Grubauer, who's had a tough start to the season for uh, Seattle, trying to uh, you know show what he can do once again after just an absolutely brilliant season uh, last year uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. He's not been able uh, to carry that over so far this year. I mean, a 3.79 goals against average, 869 save percentage for him so he's really been fighting it you know in between the uh, pipes so far this year for the uh, Seattle Kraken with his new team and when you look at that all-important goal saved above average metric that I like to peek a glance at there's only two goalies that have started at least a game this year that have a worse goal saved above average than Philip Grubauer so he is definitely not playing up to the standard that we saw uh, from him last year with the Colorado uh, Avalanche in this game. I do think Seattle plays well, uh, hard tonight, plays well. Will it be enough to win? We'll see. Um, but I also think Montreal, you know, starting a road trip, you know, a team that finally, look, it was against Detroit, but they finally saw the red light on. They finally saw some goals go in the net, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, in that victory uh, on Saturday. So you got to believe that's going to be a, a situation that gives them a little bit of a boost mentally that, hey, we finally scored. You know, we had two goals in three games and losses to the Rangers, the Sharks, and the Hurricanes. We finally saw 
uh, the puck go in the net for us in that six to one win. It was a welcome sight to see, you know, the likes of Christian Dvorak get on the scoreboard uh, for the Montreal Canadiens in that game, uh, among others. Matthew Perot uh, ended up having a huge game out of the blue for the Canadians. Uh, Mike Hoffman, who is a new addition to the team this year, scored a power play goal. So it was just nice to see puck go in the net here for Montreal. And when you look at Seattle so far this season, to the opposition, Seattle gave up four to Vegas, three to Nashville. They gave up two to Columbus, which is the best defensive game they've had this year so far. They give up six to Philadelphia. They give up four to New Jersey, and they give up four goals to Vancouver. So they've definitely, they've wanted to play good defense, and I thought they would play good defense, but just hasn't worked out that way so far for the Kraken. But the point is, you know, other than one game, they've allowed three goals at least to every other opponent. So I'm actually on the Montreal team total over two and a half in this game tonight. Uh, I think that's definitely something that w- looks good. I mean, it's minus 130. We're seeing a Seattle team that's given up three goals to all but one team and a Montreal team that I think after scoring six against Detroit has a little bit of offensive confidence going out to the Pacific Northwest with them for this game. So I'll take that Habs team total over two and a half. I would lean over five and a half, but I, I like the team. To- I like the fact that you could just ask Montreal to score three goals. You cash that ticket against a Seattle team that's given up uh, three goals or more in all but one game this year so far this season with a struggling Grubauer in that. Alex, what do you think here? Montreal, Seattle. Yeah, I'm going to take a shot here with the first period over. I've seen it drop now as a at one shot, but down to, to 111 or 113. So that's a good price here. Uh, we've seen Seattle cash this often. They didn't cash in the first home game uh, with Vancouver. Unfortunately, was was on that and uh, like that play a lot. But I think, like I said here now, with you know both teams kind of struggling and angling, trying to get things uh, and, and going in the right direction. I think we see a fast pace and a fast start to this game. So I like the first period over. All right, first period over one and a half. Montreal, Seattle for Alex Andrew. Your Habs can they uh, finally got a win? Can they make it two tonight? Yeah, you know, I'd be happy to send you a jersey or one of the Montreal posters I have if you want to jump on the bandwagon with us. Uh, I am for one night at a, at a, at a two and a half team total. That's the only. That's why I'm all right. All right. Night. Well, hopefully they get the win too. But uh, yeah, you know, a lot of the times I look for unders when a team starts their road trip. But you know, for all the cliche reasons and all the reasons that uh, you know you were just talking about and you guys were mentioning, I think it's going to be an exciting game to watch for both clubs. You know, and. Uh, a great, you know, we talked about it last uh, last game we talked about. It. I mean, Seattle, all the hype in the world, the speeches, the players getting introduced, they lose the game. You know, third period didn't work out their way. Um, all the hype can happen, but it's all about the results on the ice. I, I think that uh, I'm going to go back to my Montreal over five and a half here and think, look, you know, look, I saw the puck go in the net for them for the first time. And it wasn't even just, you know, their top line or Suzuki, Caulfield, uh, Dvorak, Anderson. Um, Getting Perot going is huge. It it kind of exposes the depth of this team. And that's kind of what they're made up of. Look look, Look at what happened in their playoff run last year. I mean, obviously, Corey Perry isn't around. There's no more Eric Stahl, but... You know, it wasn't always the top guys. Yoel Armia, you know, you you know what I'm saying, Ian. I think that that's the identity of the Montreal Canadiens. You know, we don't have that guy that you can count on as an anytime goal scorer every night kind of thing like you might have with a Matthews or a McDavid or a McKinnon, you know. So um, the thing is, you and I both liked overs with the Canadian team going into the season. The, the problem was you were having games like where the Sharks beat them 5 nothing. And somehow that total stays under, you know, and and uh, I thought that was kind of funny because teams were scoring on them, putting up numbers against them, and totals were still staying under because they couldn't find the back of the net. So I think if the Montreal Canadiens do their part, we'll see the crack and score as well. And as far as Grubauer goes, I'll keep saying it. Right now, the team in front of him is no longer the Colorado Avalanche. It's the Seattle Kraken. And right now, Marc-Andre Fleury is not playing behind the Vegas Golden Knights, it's the Blackhawks. You know, shit changes when you change teams, <laughs> you know, and it's nothing against those goaltenders. It's just that it literally changes. You know, you guys ever see a goaltender that's really talented on the club team go play for their country, you know, for somewhere like Germany or Latvia, and then they play Team Canada? All of a sudden, that goaltender gets exposed, you know, and that I'm not trying to make it on that large of a scale, but it just goes to show, you know, you go from uh, a team like Colorado to an expansion team and, Maybe you look a little, you know, more rebound friendly and that kind of stuff. So uh, five and a half for me towards the over. 
and I'll potentially I'm going to still uh, be looking to uh, take Anderson to score a goal. The, the metrics for him have still been so good, and I feel like he's due to get one in the net. Yeah, it's, uh, definitely. Uh, certainly, there's a bunch of those guys that fall into the category of they're bound to score a goal at some point for the Montreal Canadiens because there's a bunch of goose eggs that they're trying to extricate themselves from. Uh, and you mentioned it. There's a couple of guys that uh, certainly have had the chances, haven't had the puck go in for them yet. Final game. Uh, Winnipeg Anaheim. We've got Winnipeg minus one thirty-five road favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. This is a tricky one. I mean, this because these teams have played each other twice already. Uh, Anaheim won in the pond in Anaheim, first game of the season against the Jets. The Jets returned the favor, a shorthanded Jets team last week in Winnipeg with no Shifley and no Wheeler, and they ended up beating down the uh, Anaheim Ducks five to one in that game. I actually thought it was a pretty good spot for Winnipeg returning home, home opener after a tough start. And they got the job done. And then they followed it up with a 6-4 win against Nashville. Anaheim kind of slumping now all of a sudden. Their last three games, they lose to Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Minnesota. And from a spot perspective, this is the fifth game in nine nights for the Anaheim Ducks, all with travel, and you're coming back home off the road. This is pretty brutal for Anaheim. I know it's early in the season, and sometimes those first home games, I mentioned it with Vancouver just now, they're not as tough to try to, you know, bounce back or try to play good in those kind of spots early in the season. But still, this is a difficult one uh, for the uh, Jets and the uh, Ducks here in this one. I still have to lean to Winnipeg and the over in this game. I still think they can find a way to win. I think their spot is not as dubious. And look, they've without Shifley and without Wheeler, you know, we've seen this team step up and find ways. Kyle Connor's been all world. I wouldn't talk anyone out of looking at him. Goal scoring prop wise tonight or Pierre-Luc Dubois. Let's give him credit. He is finally stepping up and making an impact for the Jets, something he was not able to do uh, most of last year. Svechnikov has given has shown them a lot of life. There's a reason they put him on the top line. He's given them a lot of energy, you know, uh, so far playing on that top unit. You know, Ehlers, Kopp, and Stastny have been an effective second line for this group. So, you know, give the Jets credit with no Shifley, with no Wheeler. They've still won back-to-back games without those guys. Um, and I think for Anaheim, you know, this is really tricky for them. Five games and nine nights. And coming back off a lengthy road trip, uh, I think the Jets have enough to handle it here. Small bets for me on Winnipeg, and as well as the over here, believe it or not. Because, look, Anaheim has really been looser defensively, and, and they've really had trouble uh, at the defensive end of the ice in some of their recent games, and now it's catching up to them. We saw them give up 43 shots to Minnesota. Uh, and uh, 34 to Winnipeg, and early in the year, they weren't paying the piper for it, and 30, 43 shots allowed to Calgary, and they weren't giving up many goals. Well, now we've seen sort of the floodgates open against them. Edmonton put up a six spot. Winnipeg put up a five spot. Minnesota put up four uh, in a comeback win against Anaheim. So I'm right now leaning toward the Jets uh, and the over. Maybe go regulation if you like a little more value on Winnipeg instead of the minus 135 as well. Alex, uh, any thoughts here? Jets and Ducks? Yeah, this is the game I, I love the most tonight. I like this first period over with uh, Jets and Ducks. These are two teams. He says it's the, th- the third and final meeting. Uh, with he said it's, it's rare to see that you know teams have three meetings and, and they get them over with you know in the first month. Uh, but that's the case here with these two teams. And in each of the last two meetings, we saw the first period over cash. Uh, you got Anaheim, who's five and one, uh, and, and you got uh, Win- I'm sorry, Winnipeg four and one. To the first period over, so these two teams that they you know been getting off the hot starts against one another and against other teams so far, I expect that to continue. And it's interesting we talked about Vasilevsky with Tampa Bay about how goaltender fatigue could be, uh, you know, his issue with all the minutes he's logged in. Well, when you look as far as they haven't made it that far in the regular in the, into the postseason, obviously, but uh, Hellebuck and Gibson are two goalies that have played a lot of minutes, a lot of big minutes for, the, for their clubs, and they're starting to wear down a bit. They are not looking sharp to start the season, uh, which could be troublesome for them moving forward because, you know, you expect them, okay, if they break down, you know, by Christmas break or something, you know, uh, because of all those minutes. But for them to be struggling right out of the gate is not a good sign for either of these teams moving forward. They're going to need these guys to bounce back. Uh, you know, sooner than later. So I like the first period over. We get a, a more than uh than, than acceptable price here. I thought for sure this was going to be priced much higher because of the just the recent history with these two teams alone, but also uh in, in their last several games. All right, liking that first period over one and a half. Winnipeg Anaheim for Alex Andrew. What do you like here, Winnipeg Anaheim? I'm off. I, I don't. I don't like. Uh, I just. 
I can't find a bet that I, I like here. And when these two teams have played three times, start and it's the Anaheim off. involved. Reason enough for you to stay away. Yeah, and it's Anaheim involved. Yeah, they can just you know, they they can just go away. But uh, no, I, I have enough action for tonight. I'm good for this game. There you go. All right, that's the Tuesday NHL card. We thank everyone for tuning in. I promise, cross my heart and hope to die, as they used to say when I was a kid. I promise we will start at 2 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. We will. We'll get back finally to our normal time tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern uh, right here on the Ice Guys with our Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, We will break down the Wednesday card. Of course, fewer games tomorrow, just five games, one of them being the TNT game, Philly and Edmonton. Uh, So looking forward to the Wednesday card. We'll break it down tomorrow right here on the Ice Guys. And a reminder, uh, the Ice Guys, seven days a week right here on YouTube, 2 p.m. Eastern time, Monday to Friday, noon Eastern, Saturday, Sunday. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast on all uh, audio platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. You can find the podcast on all those platforms. All right, let's get to best bets to wrap up the show. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, just talked about it. Ducks, Jets, first period over. You can get it minus twenty. I think I'm seeing, let's see, I might be seeing $1.15 in some places too. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, lowest dollar ten, dollar fifteen. So, so shop around and, and get that price. All those are great prices to get for the Anaheim and Winnipeg to go over in the first period. All right, Winnipeg, Anaheim over one and a half first period. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Andrew, yeah, you're next up. What do you like for best bet? I'll go best bet. Flames, Devils under under six. Uh, that's going to be a you know it's a play I like. It's one of my favorite plays in the card today, and I, I just think that um, you know these are two teams I can count on defensively. And despite that back to back for Calgary, I just don't think they're going to light the lamp every single night the way that they've been doing recently. Um, hoping for a defensive battle tonight. All right, there we go. Calgary, New Jersey under six uh, for Andrew with his uh, best bet. Mine's going to be, and it's definitely probably my favorite bet of the night for a night that I don't love the card. This is definitely my favorite opinion of the night. Minnesota, Vancouver, over five and a half, uh, minus 120, uh, minus 125. We'll roll with that. I think we get enough goals with these two teams tonight. I don't expect a very clean, you know, sturdy defensive effort with uh, Vancouver coming back home. That first game after uh, a lot of travel usually is a sloppy one defensively uh, for teams in that spot. I could see that. Minnesota, an offensive bounce back, I think, after losing 5-2 to Nashville. But Vancouver can score, and we've seen that on display early in the year. So enough reasons to like it. Minnesota-Vancouver, over 5.5 for my best bet for this Tuesday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. For Andrew McGinnis and Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.